0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. We thought men's tennis was going to be a little bit more competitive after Nadal's injury and Roger Federer's retirement, but it doesn't seem to be Before we go on about this week's tournament in Winston-Salem in North Carolina, we've got to talk about the match tonight. It's the final in Cincinnati. And looking ahead to that, here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match is the senior ATP uh, handicapper for the channel. It's Sean Calvert. In different intro, Sean. One takes Sealy. Unbelievable. Yeah, something
1: like that. Yeah. One takes.
0: <laughs> that's what they call you, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but before we go on to this week, obviously, um, we, we've spoken about Cincinnati. We haven't spoken to you since Wednesday. So obviously, we've come through. Uh, it was a competitive draw. The best players are in the world. And we've got to the final this evening, uh, 4 30 Eastern time. I believe the final is over in America. And uh, it's Novak Djokovic against uh, Carlos Alcaraz. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping abreast of it in the knockout stages, but both of them, um, I mean, Alcaraz was extremely lucky to reach this final after Mm -hmm. Hercas had a set point against her, a match point against Hercas, sorry. And Novak Djokovic produced a a great match against Alexander Zverev last night. Zverev was playing exceptionally well. But uh, these two have been um, not at their best, I would say, for, for Alcaraz, definitely. But they've come through to the final here. Uh, give you some lines on the final uh, before we go into this week. Another which minus 162, Carlos Alcras plus 132. The spread is two and a half, and the total is 22.5. A, a week before a major, uh, Alcras is guaranteed to be number one seed now uh, going into the, the Flushing Meadow next week. Um, what what do you, Have you got any, any thoughts on this match before? I know it's going to be a very heavily bet match. Obviously, the last time they met was at Wimbledon final or Alcras. One against Djokovic, but on the evidence of this week, I think Djokovic is playing in second gear. Yeah, he's played. He'll be delighted with the way that he's played so far this week. Novak
1: Djokovic Um, conditions have been slightly different than we expected, but as far as Alcaraz is concerned, every match has been a struggle, hasn't it? Mm. I can't, I can't think of a match that he's played this tournament the way he's been great or or even even very good. It's all been scratchy. Pers, dropping sets to Purcell. You know, Hercash just kind of bottled it really, didn't he? he had a, a forehand to win the match and he just he you know, there was no conviction there, was there really? He just sort of looped it and, and hoped it was gonna go in and you know, once he'd lost that, he had chances again after that, didn't he? Hercash? I think he was four one up in a tie break after that, Hercash. But it's we have seen this before from Hercash. He doesn't he doesn't really have the the guts when he when it when he needs them, unfortunately. Uh, Alcaraz does, but I think he's just battling himself, I think, this week, Alcaraz, just not playing particularly well. Certainly not the standard that we've come to expect from him. Novak Djokovic, you know, he'll be delighted with how he's played. Um, You know, better than I expected, probably better than he expected, really, because he's not played since Wimbledon. But the underdogs won this both times so far, haven't they? Well, the last two times. I'm not sure about the third one. I haven't got the stats in front of me. But um, Djokovic obviously winning at the French and Alcaraz at Wimbledon, probably the reverse of what you would perhaps expect. Um, On form, you can see why Djokovic is his favourite, but he's a bit short for me, I mean. We know that Alcaraz is capable of a lot better than what he's shown so far in Cincinnati. So, I mean, I haven't really looked at this one from a betting perspective. I've been looking at Winston Salem, but you know, if I was forced to make a pick and look at what the value is, I would, I would certainly suggest that Alcaraz has got it in him to to raise his game and and win it at the odds uh, odds against. Make it three, th- you know, three out of three for
0: for the underdogs. I, I couldn't back Djokovic at that
1: price in this matchup. Not not for me, no.
0: No, minus one sixty-two for Novak Djokovic here. I mean, the one thing you have to say really is, um, for betters really, how much should we look at this match and think about the U.S. Open? Is it is it is it something that you would look at if if Djokovic won this match six four six four for argument's sake? Would you think well, he's got to he got to go in as favourite to win the U.S. Open, or do you think it's something that we just just ignore? Should we look at it heavily or not really bother about it at all?
1: I don't think it makes that much difference. It's it's on the day, isn't it? Alcaraz won the U.S. Open last year, didn't he? Having played not particularly well at all in Canada, um, and in Cincinnati, I don't know whether you picked that up, there was a. I couldn't hear what you he were saying there because there was a jet plane going over the top of. A, I did hear it. I thought it was my, my house. house.
0: I thought I I, I honestly it's, thought I think it's that here. The Hoover was going, and I was going to fall on the floor because I thought there's no way that. Paul will be doing
1: the hoovering. No way, way, by the way. I I do all the hoovering, so it definitely wasn't going to be that. But I I think it was here because they were doing it yesterday as well. Um, RAF fighter planes going over or something. So I couldn't really hear what you were saying. Um, But yeah, looking at it, it's just a one-off. As I said, you know, um, Alcaz, as I said, didn't play great this stage of the season. Last year, went on and won the US Open. I don't think either man would be that bothered if they lost this match. Obviously, they want to win it. Of course they do, but... I don't think either. I think both of them will see this as a positive week. Alcaraz, after his not so great performance in Canada, and Djokovic having not played since win, but I think both of them will see this as a positive,
0: unless one of them gets injured or you know slight injury or something like that. I think they'll both see it as a good week. It's quite interesting when you look at the uh, the prices now for the US Open, which starts next Monday in New York. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz is plus 140 to win the tournament, defend his title. He's going to be number one seed. Novak Djokovic is plus 160. But yet for this match, Novak Djokovic is minus 162 and Carlos Alcaraz is plus 132. So you can see where probably the value lies with Carlos Alcaraz. But on the evidence of what we've seen this week, Carlos Alcaraz isn't playing at his best. I don't think he played his best coming into this tournament either, but he mm-hmm. is capable of a lot, lot better. So um, uh, Probably a watching brief for us, but we had to talk about that match because it is the biggest tennis match of the week without question. Probably similar because... to the French, actually. We just had another point there because
1: Djokovic didn't come into that match with with much form, did he, in the French? And then the level he showed against Alcaraz was way, way better, wasn't it, than, than he'd shown previously in the tournament? So I wouldn't
0: necessarily be worrying
1: too much about the two or three matches that have gone on before. I mean, I would, I would suggest Alcaraz if I was betting in that one.
0: Yeah, plus 132 there um i would just watch it i would just watch it and i'd be hoping that uh i think whoever wins the first set will win in straight sets i don't think either of them will want to just play a a long marathon match a week before a major maybe that's my sort of feeling of these kind of matches i always think to myself well why do they want to go and slug it out for for three matches i know it's a thousand yeah
1: i mean djokovic yeah he's there is age alcaraz he's got you know he's basically got a week off what's he going to do with all that energy well, you know, week, What do you do before? with all the
0: energy at 21? I know what I'll be doing. Anyway, uh, uh, let's move on to uh, ATB. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Winston-Salem Tournament. It's a 250 event. It's the, the week before the US Open, as we say. The action starts on Monday. And here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, we're going to have you covered. Uh, Rory Gioani's returns for the women's tour. Uh, so we've got the ATB Tour as well. We can look at the preview of both tours. So a real, real action-packed couple of weeks. Myself and Sean will be in New York. If you're over in New York and you want to meet us for a beer, or just have a little hangout of us and watch some bets, and we'll we just give us a shout, and we'll come and meet you and have a little chat, and maybe meet up in a bar and watch some tennis together. So looking forward to that in the next week. But so we've got this business, we've got the business end here. We've got Winston Salem, we've got a two fifty event here. Before we look at um, some of the matches, it's a hard court, lake hold court, as uh, we mentioned, uh, we've, we've spoken about these kind of conditions before, Sean, on the uh, the North American tour. Um, mm. it, what do you think here? I mean, statistically, this tournament has had some shot winners have Heva, uh, Hevashka, some big loads. fights. Yeah, yeah, it's it's another tournament that you really want to be best in favorites, given the fact that uh, we have the US Open next week. Before we give the trends on the market, give us what the condition is going to be. I can imagine it being quite warm and quite humid and quite, quite hot. Yeah, I mean, it's still
1: a lake hold surface, which hasn't been the case in all of the U.S. Open series. You know, they, they do keep chopping and changing the courts. It's not, it's not ideal. I th- thought it was a strange decision for, for Cincy to go with a, a green set. Slightly weird. But still, it, this is exactly the same conditions as the U.S. Open in theory. It's a lay-cold hard court. US o- uh, Wilson U.S. Open balls, same as the U.S. Open. A little bit of altitude here, 291 meters. So the balls would probably fly a little bit. So it's just slightly higher altitude than than Mason, Ohio. Uh, warm, as you said, between 32 and 36 all week, maybe the odd thunderstorm. It's not the quickest. I mean, in terms of the stats, it's not that quick. 78% holds, 72.5% first third points won. That would, that's the average over the last, I think it's six or seven editions. That that makes it, for me, a sort of medium-paced um, outdoor hardcore. 37% of the matches feature a tie break. Kind of, you know, again, quite average. Um, quite a lot of underdogs winners you would probably expect. The week before a major but th- overall 37 percent of them win but actually the, the the highest frequency of underdogs comes in the later rounds quarterfinals semi-finals and the final and to me that's just purely because the players are, that have got to that stage that think to themselves well you know I've had a I've had a decent week here I'm, I'm pretty primed for the USA and now I'm not too fussed about this and they tend to kind of let it drift away and that, that so if you are looking at underdogs, which obviously I always am. I always look at the last um the few rounds here at Winston Salem as well as the first round for, for underdogs. As far as the trends are concerned, um as you said, plenty of huge price winners. Manarino, 66 to one last year beat Jerry who was 150 to one. Um Ivascus, you said 35 to one beat Mikhail Ima sixty six to one. Medvedev was thirty three to one when he won it here a few years ago. Damir Zuma won oh, sorry was a runner up here at 100 to one. Normally just plays well, generally on clay or slower courts, uh, anyway. Kirino Buster was 50 to 1 when he won here, and Pierre aguez Herbert was a 200 to 1 runner up here a few years ago. And number one seeds, they don't have a good record here at all, as you would probably expect the week before um, a major. Only two number one seeds have ever made the final at Winston Salem. So it's opportunity does knock for quite a few players this week.
0: Yeah, the tournament, the top sixteen seeds do get a buy through, but the action starts today. So it starts at three o'clock Eastern time. So if you want to have some, yeah, Sunday like... to
1: Saturday, isn't it? Pre-pre yeah. major. We're
0: gonna we're gonna talk about some matches that start today. So make sure you head to the Bet Rivers website and talk about today before we look at the man matches. Though the sixteen seeds all have a buy through to the first round, and that first round will probably get underway on Tuesday. So, sorry, yeah, Tuesday. So it'll uh, be first round, will be Sunday and Monday. So today and Monday. And we look at the betting. Warner Corrich is the number one seed here. He was the defending champion in Cincinnati, bowed out early there. Uh, Talon Grixpo is the number two seed. Uh, number three seed, we have a wild card in Sebastian Corden. Leheka's number five. Uh, Lazo Jerry, a former finest here, is the number four seed. So just by those five or six players, we go five and six. I mean, Artel Fields is seven. Uh, we have uh, number five, uh, Sebastian Bay's number six and number five, Leheka. So judging by those sort of players there, you can see this is going to be a very, very competitive tournament. If you look at the draw, I don't think there's really much favourable in the in the top half of the bracket or the or the bottom half of the bracket. Uh, and on the betting, this is wide open. Uh, Sebastian Corder is eight to one. Borna Coric is 10 to one. Uh, Talon Greek Sport, 12. Artel Field, 16. Nakashima, 16. Uh, Scott Draper, um, the Brit was making a bit of Scott a Draper. Here. He's sorry. not back in the game, is he? Scott. Oh, Draper. Sorry, so what did I say? Jack Draper. Scott Draper is Australian. I forgot. <laughs> one uh, Queens I'm Club. Getting, the I'm getting, uh, getting my Drapers mixed up. Uh, Jack Drapers eighteen to one. Leheka eighteen to one. Ruzovori is twenty to one. Saffelin is twenty to one. And Dominic Team is twenty five. So that's the top ten in the betting here. Looking at the bracket, Sean. I don't think there's a much advantage either way. I don't know if you, you, you've broken it down a little bit more in depth for me, but I wouldn't turn around and say oh, there's, there's a huge advantage being in the top half of the bottom, Murphy.
1: I think the top half looks weaker to me. Right. Um, uh, the reason for that is that the high seeds, um, um, well, well, certainly two I but Courage, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trusting at all the week before a major. You're probably going to win it now, I've said that, but because he does have this problem. I don't know whether people are aware, some people will be, that he, he does have this ongoing shoulder problem. So after every match, he has to do a, a lot of rehab. He has a lot of lot of ice on it. You know, it's a, it's a problem he's had for a long time. I, I, it wouldn't make sense to me for someone like that who does have that issue to go deep and and win a tournament so so close to the to the open. You know, he's got he'll have to play the final on Saturday. Then he'll props play, play a first round in New York on Monday with it with the shoulder that that needs constant work. That and he's not been in great form anyway. So. He's certainly be a fade for me, and Bayez obviously a clay quarter just won a tournament recently on the clay. I can't imagine he'll be here for more than a couple of rounds of match match practice. Um, looking at the other seeds, Vukic is a danger, but he's played an awful lot of tennis lately. How much chance is he going to want to play this week before a major? Haven't played a, a heck of a lot in recent weeks. Um, Offener for me, more of a clay clay guy. Um, Jere made the final last year, 150 to one. So he's he may well be sort of reasonably motivated to to go well, but he's not generally at his best on hard courts. Van der Zandtscop's coming back from injury; hasn't really had a a decent patch of tennis for for a long time. Uh And Hanfman is another another guy who struggles on hard courts. He's more of a clay guy. So I think there's an opportunity for uh, a couple of well, I, I could actually make a case for probably about 15 players in this draw. But in the top half, um, the ones I quite like just looking at the draw here, uh, Marcos Giron. And Roman Safilan. I could also make a case for Quentin Halis or Alex Mitchelson. Um, those are the ones on my shortlist. I've, I've gone for Giron uh, 28 to 1 and uh, Safilan at 20 to 1. Um, Giron played great in Canada, beat Holger uh and Emil Roussevoire. And interestingly, all four of his finals at challenger level and main level have come in the USA. Uh, he's won eight of 11 matches at Winston-Salem. Some of those were in qualifying, but it shows that he's at least motivated to go well here, which I think he will be. I think you should see this as a chance. If I was gear on, if I was a lot of these players in this draw, I'd be thinking this is my chance of getting a, a main level title. Um, and as far as Saffland's concerned, you know the, the level he showed in Wimbledon for me is is good enough to win this sort of 250. Um, is he motivated? Well, he should be. He came back, should have beaten Jerry, as as we know, last week. Um failed to do so from a set and a break up, but that level is is more than good enough uh, for me. So I've taken him at, at twenty to one as well. I've just gone win only this week because it can get expensive if you start backing each way. Um you, and you take in sort of three or four of them and, and none of them make the final because It's 'cause it is so wide open. I've just gone for the outright. And if they make the final then we'll, you know, I'll consider uh, doing a hedge on you know on the day. But from the top half of the, of the draw, those are my two, yeah, on and Safrin.
0: So we've got Gearong. What price have we got Gearong?
1: Uh, 28 to 1.
0: And Safalin is? 20 to 1. And they are the two. No, no, you're not going to look at the bottom
1: not- I, 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 I was just pausing in case you wanted to
0: oh, sorry, kind of sorry think about the bottom half. No, no, we could look, no, no, look at the bottom half now. And obviously, in that bottom half, we've got Artill Fields, Richard Gasquet, Vukcevic, Corder. I mean, Corda, 8 to 1 to win the tournament. If you know, Going back six months ago, he would have been 2 to 1, 3 to 1 in his tournament. Yeheka my Roosevelt Greek sport, that doesn't really inspire me much confidence, those those seeds at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, from a quarter point of view, the fact that he's had to take a late wild card here tells you all you need to know. He was never intended to play this tournament. Um, he didn't enter it for the reasons that I I presume and and, and rightly so, if you're quarter, you probably thought that you were gonna go well in the tournaments preceding this and didn't need to play this week, but hasn't worked out that way. Desperately, desperately needs matches, really needs confidence. You can see why he's taken the wild card quarter. But this is, it's a tough one. This, this bottom half, I think, is really tough. That fourth quarter, particularly, you got Leheka in there, Kopfer, Rusevoari, Purcell, who played beyond anyone's expectations, I think, last week in Cincinnati, Jack Draper, um, and Greeksborg all in that that fourth quarter. Um, I've actually gone for Kopfer here at uh, 40 to 1. It's 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 a real kind of not not a shot in the dark exactly, but it's on the basis of what I think he's capable of and how close he is to getting back to that level. Because um, we saw it in Los Cabos, got to the semifinals, lost out in a final set, um, a final set in the semis to to Diminor, who obviously went on to uh, to make the final that week and the final the week after. So he was in great form, and it took three sets for for Diminor to beat him. Coppa coming back from injury, um, his best level is more than good enough to get to the final here. But it's a very, very difficult draw. As I said, I could from in the bottom half I could make a case for probably ten of these. Um but I've gone with I've gone with Copfrog because I like the price. I think forty to one is good value.
0: So we've got three win only picks here in Winston Stadium. Not each way picks. So we've got Giron (laughs) at twenty to one was it? Giron twenty eight. Twenty eight to one. We have Safflin at twenty. Twenty, I knew one was a twenty-one, and the yeah. bottom one we have Kopfer at forty to one. So there yeah. are our three outright picks this week in Winston Salem. Only win, only no each way. Bet Rivers do offer each way if you want to have a little bit of security. But in this kind of draw, when it's eight to one, the field anything can happen, and we want to. We, we, really we are going to yeah. If, if we want to do a little bit of hedging, or we want to do anything on the on the on the and our positions. If we get them later on the tournament, we can do uh, those kind of big prices. So just win only for this week. And that is the outright preview on Winston-Salem. Now move on to the matches. And as I say, some of these matches start at three o'clock Eastern time today. And the first match we're going to talk about is one of those matches. It's uh Alexander Chevchenko up against Mark-Andre Hussler. Uh Chevchenko is a heavy favourite here, minus 165. Hussler is plus 132. The spread is two and a half. Uh, minus one hundred six. Chevchenko, give it up two and a half. Who's that getting two and a half is minus one twenty one, and the total here is twenty two and a half. If you look at the heads heads record, uh, they won in a Phoenix Challenger one match, and it was won by Chevchenko seven five six one. Or uh, this year, uh, the money has come for Hustolo, which is quite surprising though. If you look at his current form, he's only won once of his last seven matches, and that was in qualifying in Cincinnati, whereas. Uh, Shevchenko come through qualifying and was beat by senego here. Um, it's a strategy on a tournament before a major to get with the underdogs. You know, you're a man who likes to bet the dog. Do you mm-hmm. tend to see the bank balance go up a little bit more before the uh, for a major tournament where you might get more of a, the, the, the small seedy players just want to go there and just go through the motions and just go into the majors a little bit uh, in, in better shape
1: it can go either way the week before a major. It tends to go either really well or or really not so well. doesn't seem to be any in between. Um, I've taken Huesler here because I feel like he's going to be the more motivated. He desperately needs matches. Um, made the semi-finals here as a qualifier last year, actually, um, Huesler. So conditions obviously suit him. Um, needs, needs to back up those points to avoid another rankings drop. As you say, he's not had a great season um, so far, but, in conditions that he knows well, and he obviously enjoys, won a lot of matches last year through qualifying to the semi, so knows how to play here. The match that you talked about at the Phoenix Challenger, that was played in very, very slow conditions, slow balls, um, much more in favor of Shevchenko, the guy that plays mainly on clay. Um, No real surprise that he beat Hoosler in those sort of conditions in Phoenix, but, you know, Hoosler can play his game better here than he can there. He was a 1.73, that's roughly minus 137 chance to win that match in Phoenix, Huesler. I took him earlier on today to win this match at uh, 2.8 plus 180. So huge difference in the prices in in sort of six months, less than six months. Um, and look at, look, let's have a look at the stats. If we take clay out of the equation, Shevchenko is more of a clay man. Huesler absolutely isn't. So we take clay out of the equation, just matches played on surfaces other than clay. This season, Shevchenko's 2-4 win-loss. It's so a 33% win rate and his service points, one return points, one total is 93. No, I know it's a small sample size and he played six matches, but even so it's, it's not great stats. He in a season that he's performed below par in. He's still got a better win rate, 35% and his service points, one return points, one total is quite a lot better at 98. So there's that. There's the fact that he will, will be motivated at a tournament. He's gone well up before. Um, Shevchenko not that experienced at playing at left-handers on hard courts. That Phoenix match against Huesley is the only time he's actually played a top 100 player, top 100 left-handed player on a hard court. So I'm happy to take Hughesley, here, or I was happy to take him at 2.8 earlier on today. I don't know what he is now.
0: He's plus 145. The how has got the value again. Plus 145, is he
1: a bet? Getting the value is one thing. Getting him over the line sometimes is, is another. But yeah, you know, if you t- keep taking the value, I think that's the strategy. What well, is for me long term. is the value is
0: he support? value at plus one forty five though? Uh,
1: he, uh,
0: do you think it's, that it's, it's not
1: quite as appealing? But I still think that's that's reasonable. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, I, I'm assuming he's going to be very very keen to win this match. Usually doesn't mean he's going to win it. But what you want really, if you can find an angle with guys this week who you think are going to perform well or not so well for any reason, then you know that's that's a bit of an edge to you if you can do that.
0: Well, as we've been on the air. Uh, Hussler's now plus one thirty
1: two. Okay, that's quite a big move, isn't it?
0: That's so plus one eighty now. You, you, My two pound fifty has wrecked
1: the market. I think
0: there at. Uh, which would you play the plus one thirty two? I mean that the if you if you've got him at plus if you at plus one eighty now people are getting this line at plus one thirty two. Is it something to say he's a lean for you or, or you would turn around and say I wouldn't? I probably I wouldn't play it. Yeah, put
1: That's a bit short now. That might go out again just before the match starts.
0: So, if, um, he, if he drifts back out to plus 145, we take it. Or plus 132 is uh, no play. Yeah. It's so price so dependent. Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So, we're not going to play. That's not an official play. Check the market out there. Husserl goes back out to plus 145. He's a play. At the current price, we bet with BetRivers at plus 132. We're not playing. Uh, so, on the early market, that was a bit of the value when we'd done the research for this match. But the market has moved very quickly. The line has moved. So, Hustler now, we need him to go to plus 140. So, we won't put it down as an official play. Uh, as as the day goes on, but if you if you do get plus one forty five, then we're not putting you off having a bet on that, but we won't record that bet as a play. Uh, the next match we're going to talk about is an interesting one. It's uh, between. The American big server, Brandon Nakashima, against the Aussie, Jason Kublai. It's 8.30pm uh, this evening, one of the late games. Nakashima is minus 245, a heavy favourite. Jason Kubla is plus 190 to spread. Here is three and a half. Uh, it's plus 107 for Nakashima, minus what, three and a half. Kublai receiving the start is minus 137. And the total here is 22 and a half. The 2 I've never met before on the hard court this season. Nakashim Rezanad had one of his best years. He's only six and nine on the year. And he's lost his last three matches against Andy Murray in the second round at Washington. Leheka in the opening round in Toronto. And Stan Varinga, uh in Cincinnati. Uh, whereas it, Kubler uh, got beaten qualifying by Lejovic. Lejovic, so, yeah. Lejovic, who didn't have a bad tournament. So... Um, When you see this one going, I mean, Brandon Nakashima, given the fact that he's lost three matches, given the fact that he's got his home slam next week, I wouldn't be betting him at minus 245.
1: No, I mean, he will want matches, Nakashima, because he's, as you say, he's he's had a tough season with injuries and and lack of form, but the stats here are all favouring overs. You know, I touched on, on it last week in the show, how Nakashima just cannot take a break point, and yeah, it's 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 been a, a huge, huge problem for him breaking serve. Ten of his last ten of his last eleven best of three set matches have gone over twenty two and a half games, and the one that didn't went to twenty two games. So his last eight matches in the row featured a tiebreak, and this is why he's taken just seven of his fifty two break point chances this hard court swing so far. So he's he's creating the chances, okay? He's just completely unable to take any of them. Uh, needs to go deep here, I think, Nakashima, because. He won San Diego last year which was played the week after the u s open um so he's gonna he's San Diego isn't played this year it's not on the it's not on the tour this year so he's gonna have to go deep maybe either here or potentially in one of the two early tournaments in China to avoid you know falling further down the rankings um couple has only played a couple of matches since Wimbledon so he's he will want matches as well you would have thought now let's have a look at the stats um 2023 on outdoor hard, the service points, one return points, one tails There's very little in it. Kubler, 99, Nakashima, hundred. So on the basis of that, their level is very, very similar. Um, and here's the, the other stat, both of, both of them have held serve 86% of the time, but they've only broken 9% and 12.6% respectively. The 9%, as you can probably guess is, is Nakashima who just cannot break serve. And Kubler is not very good either at 12.6%. So, on all these stats, it's it's suggesting overs to me. Um, now, I had a quick look at what happened last year at Winston-Salem in case there was a lot of very quick two-set matches, and that that wasn't really the case. 53% of the round one matches here last year went over 22 and a half games, so there's no obvious trend for players kind of tanking in the first round. Later on, maybe I would suggest that's probably more likely to be the case. So I took over 22 and a half games um, earlier on at... 1.88, it was minus 114 with Bet Rivers.
0: There's the play. Um, Let's have a look at the markets they have on Bet Rivers now. We have over 29 different markets available on the website. And if you have a bet on the website, you'll be able to live stream this match this evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Our next match is a 5 p.m. start. One of the early matches, again, It's Radu Albert up against Daniel Alaya Galan. Uh, Galan had a very good Wimbledon. A lot of people might have seen him at Wimbledon. He's minus 129 to win this tournament against the journeyman on the HP Tour. Albert is plus 104. The spread is two and a half. Um, plus two and a half for Albert is minus 150. Galan uh, giving up two and a half is minus 116. The total is 22 and a half. The pair have never met before, again. Uh, but Galan has had a pretty poor hardcore campaign, to say the least. He's played six matches, only won one. Of those six matches um what do you think here
1: i think albot is a little bit of value at the prices i don't know what he is now but i took him at um 2.25 i think it was a bit rivers earlier on I, oh. I don't know whether that's moved that line's moved it's, or not but
0: it's plus 104 now you're moving markets sean you're moving the markets it's just he's just above even money now
1: okay well let's, look, let's let's take a look at the stats and so last the last i've taken the last two seasons because they haven't there wasn't that much data. So I've gone back two seasons to so the start of 2022. So, so far this season and all of last season, outdoor hard at main level, Albot 55% win rate and the service points, one return points, one total of 100. Alahi Galan, not not as good, 47% win rate only and a 98 total. So just on that, I, I wasn't sure how Alahi Galan can be the price that he initially was when this market first materialized um, you know the Colombian doesn't he doesn't really have the raw power to hit out but after off the court like some people can Jeff Wolf did it um, a week or so ago you know if, if you're serving big hitting big in quick conditions you know you can you can knock Albert out but out if you're playing well if you play that game style and, and play it well but you know a lot Glenn doesn't play like that um, this this could well come down to who wants it more you know, and, and and that's that's an intangible. For for most players, there are reasons for players to go deep and to not go deep in these tournaments. I can't see any reason why either of these two shouldn't particularly want to. But for me, I took Albot to two two point two five just just on the basis of the, he's got the better hard court stats, and that's just too short for me on on Al Galan. That's simple as that. Really,
0: you're not worried about his form on the hard courts. You see, who Albot. Well, yeah, I mean, given the given the fact that uh, you know the, the Galan, I mean, Galan's form is not not that great either. Uh,
1: well, I'm taking Albot, so I yeah, mean, yeah. So but, you, but you, know,
0: but you, you think you thinking that Galan is like So, sort of Wimbledon form? Sorry, I meant Wimbledon form rather than Oh, Wimbledon. Um, I don't, I don't think Galan has a
1: has a a sort of big enough game to knock Albot off the court. I think he's going to have to win it the hard way. Which, if you're playing Albot, generally, unless you've got the power to beat him you know with with that power you you're going to have to beat him on on accuracy on movement on commitment all these things um and as i said the stats the stats for albert on hardcourt are, are better than alahi galan so i was happy to take him as slight underdog albert so i only had a small bet on this one but um yeah that price for me was 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 too big and now that it's moved in um i think that that obviously some people agree with me or you know the odds makers have decided that it was too big um I was happy to take that price.
0: But would you take the plus 104 now?
1: Probably a bit short 104 now. That's that's quite a that's quite a movement, isn't it?
0: So again, another one that we just sort of lean or or Yeah, I mean obviously when I write these,
1: it's it's a few hours before we record, isn't it? Mm. So I I don't know what the market's gonna do in that in that in that time. I suppose you would just you would have to if it's moved that far, I suppose you would have to put it down as just a lean and kind of if the if if it comes back out again. To sort of 2.2, then take it, uh, but perhaps a little bit short now.
0: Okay. I'm sorry I, I, I was, I'm lost, lost a bit of concentration there because my computer is completely frozen on me so I, oh my God, I've got no mouse I can't get any prices so I've had to go I was concentrating on my phone so I got I've felt like I was a bit vague and I was a bit rude it wasn't that it was that my com- whole computer system was thrown up so I needed to get onto my phone to get the Bet Rivers app mm-hmm. up on my phone to be able to use everything so I was concentrating on getting in that so, so I could not look silly for the next bit and I, just, and, I, and I lost a bit of concentration there. so I apologize I'm back in the room now so I apologise for that. Let's go on to the... We've only got two more matches to talk about. We've got five matches in this round. And that match we're going to speak about is Benjamin Bonzi against Alexander Muller. Uh, Benjamin Bonzi's the outsider, pl- plus 115, which does surprise me slightly there. Alexander Muller is minus 141. The spread is minus one and a half for Muller at minus 114. Bonzi plus one and a half is minus 112. The total is 22 and a half. The two of these have never played before and uh, in, in the match before, but Bonzi's obviously uh, a player that's Probably a little, lot, but more experience. But Muller has got the better record uh, on the hard courts this year. He's fifteen and seven. Probably on lower levels, uh, and Bonzi is seven and five. Uh, the money has come for Bonzi, which doesn't surprise me. Um, plus one fifteen is the price here now. What do you think of that? Plus one
1: fifteen. Wow, that's yep. quite big because he was he was two point four three uh, plus one forty three earlier on when I was looking at this match. Um... Do you
0: think? I think the thing here, Sean, is that it is a tournament that a lot of the books will have lower acceptance levels on and they will move the market much more quicker. This is a tournament that is before uh, a major. So obviously, if you wanted to have... $1,000 $1,000 on someone or $500 on someone, the, the levels of what you can get on this tournament will be very low. And price movements will be moved very, very quickly on the back of the, the fact that the books won't know what motivation these players have. So mm. that's why we're seeing these big movements on these prices in the last hour. And in some of these are actually, as we're speaking here, because it's not going to take a lot of money to move these lines in an ATB tour 250 event before uh, a major so that's why we're going to see these yeah. big classes but Bonzi's yeah. 115 Alexander Muller is minus 141 I mean a lot of people complain about not being able to get down on bets and stuff like that but you've got to, you've got to be respectful in a tournament before a major when no one's and I'll tell you one thing we never mentioned about which we are going to come on to at the end of the show but we'll come on to that I'm not even going to mention it now but I'll, we, I'll give you some time to think about it the amount of injuries last week The amount Mm, of injuries last week in Cincinnati was insane, but we'll come on to that in a little bit, because I think that's going to play a big part in the US Open. Uh, So Muller, minus 141, Bonzi, plus 115. Big move for Bonzi here. What do you think about this?
1: Um, Yeah, that is a big move, isn't it? I mean, the question I've got written down here is, when is Bonzi going to find his old form after that wrist injury that he had about four months or so ago? You know, he's won only one of eight matches since he retired in Monte Carlo, and that was a few days ago last week at the Winnipeg Challenger. But even after he won that match, he lost to the world number five hundred and seventy, Darian King, in straight sets in his next match. So the form that Ponzi has been showing now or recently in the last sort of three or four months since that wrist injury has been absolutely nowhere near what he's capable of. So as I said, the question is when is he going to find his true form? Um, this could be a similar situation to to the Dominic team situation where he obviously had a bad wrist injury kept him off the court for, for much longer um but still we and, and we haven't for me we haven't seen the best of of dominic team that the team that was the team before the wrist injury this could be the same thing with bonds i don't know it might, it might have been a less serious injury but you know he was a top he was a top 50 player six months ago um benjamin bonzi but my my lean here before the prices moved was was bonzi uh, just just to potentially take a chance on him because I, I don't think he can t- continue to be this this poor and Muller isn't in good form anyway. Um he's lost his last five matches, Muller. And he's only won two of his eight main level matches since he lost the Marrakesh final where I was um to Karbayesh Bayena. So he's he's not been in great form since then. Um main level stats on outdoor hard um w- all time. Muller hasn't played that many. He's only played six won three lost three service points, points one return points one turtle ninety nine Bonzi as you'd expect better stats um same win rate 50% and 101 total so bondsy with the better hardcore data but we're not seeing that bondsy at the minute my lean was going to be bondsy at 2.43 but that price has now disappeared um and that's got nothing to do with me because i didn't i didn't take no. it um although i was sorely tempted at 2.43 but i think it's just going to be again another lean now Um, I couldn't bet him at
0: that price. Yeah, Bonzi now plus 115. The final match, that one is, the Bonzi game is 3 o'clock this afternoon, obviously, get to the Bed Rivers website. Lots of different markets on that match. Jack Draper against Nuno Borges is the match tomorrow. So we're giving four matches all today. Remember, the ATP Tour event starts today. So head to the Bed Rivers website, 3 o'clock Eastern time, the first match. Jack Draper with Nuno Borges, you've got an extra day to, to place your wage on this one. And this is quite an intriguing one because obviously Jack Draper hadn't played since uh, the French Open. Then he's gone to the Winnipeg Challenger, uh, got through to qualifying, but lost in the round of 16. The tournament was won by Ryan Peddiston, yes. our good friend uh, we followed at uh, Queen's Club at Wimbledon. And at Surbiton, he he won the tournament there. Uh, but Jack Draper didn't do as well as the fellow Brit there. He was bowed out in the last 16. Minus 250, though. He's a very, very heavy favorite against Nuno Borges. Who hasn't had a bad year by his high standards, but comes in in shocking form and lost his last five. But uh, he's another one who's seen money for. Uh, he's now down to plus two dollars from much bigger than that earlier in the day. And Jack Draper is a bit of a negative, a bit of a fade from the betting public. He's minus two fifty. Um, I think it's got to, you've got to be very brave to bet Jack Draper given his injury concerns this year.
1: Very brave. He was he was one to three earlier on. As he mm. he's eased a bit since then by the sounds of things. Yeah. Um. This is just whether you, about whether you can trust, well, whether you can trust both of them actually, Draper. Whether you trust his fitness at minus two fifty or minus three dollars as he was before, in his current physical condition, as he said, he hasn't played uh, for two and a half months until he came back last week at that Winnipeg Challenger, lost in the quarterfinals to Arthur Caso, who then himself ended up losing uh, in the semis to eventual champion um, Ryan Peniston. So that doesn't that's not great form for Draper. You you would expect it, obviously. He's not played for two and a half months. he seems to be a guy that is injured an awful lot. I, I was sat next to his physio's dad at the uh at the um Rome Masters. So I was talking to him quite a bit about uh about the condition that, that Draper seems to be in. Um he, I don't think he really had an answer for it either. He's just it just seems to be that his body at the minute just isn't capable of of sustaining kind of high level tennis week after week, month after month. I'm tempted to take Borges, but the fact is he hasn't won a match in the last two months and he doesn't tend to go well against big servers and power players. Anyway, he is one player Borges on a quicker surface that you can bully. If you've got, if you've got pace and power, which obviously Draper has, whether he's got that a game at the minute is, is highly questionable. Um, My lean here was over 22 and a half games, but um, it was, plus 108 with Bet Rivers earlier on. not sure if that line's changed as well, but um, I I feel like if Draper is going to win this, I can't imagine it's going to be easy, given that his lack of activity, Um, and Borges, you would think, would be in need of matches and and, and wins as well. As I say, he's not won a match in two months, so this one should be um, a lengthy one, I think.
0: The total game market is 21.5, with over a minus 124 under minus 103 you can go up to 22 and a half you can use a little widget and move your yeah, line that's up what i whichever. did yeah yeah you can go up to that and it hasn't changed from the what your price there is uh, minus 108 for over 22 and a half uh, the spread here is three and a half. Borgia is receiving three and a half, which may tempt some, given the fact that uh, the inactivity that Jack Draper has had is minus 107. Jack Draper giving up three and a half, which I would expect to be a very brave uh, bet. Remember, that match starts tomorrow. The four matches we spoke about all today. So Sunday to Saturday tournament, US Open next week, and we will have you covered here on betting weekly game bet match on the US Open, as we do. Members, four ways to follow us. Uh, please subscribe to our new YouTube channel. It's the Betting Weekly Studios. Fantastic content there. The guys are cashing tickets left, right, and centre on the European soccer. You can follow us on our Twitter account, at BecauseWeWin, which is also the same name for our Instagram account, at BecauseWeWin. There's with loads of content from myself and Sean in the Big Apple in the next week uh, on there as well. And also, um, you can give us a... Uh, which one have I missed? I've missed the uh, the Game Better Match podcast. You can download the podcast on your preferred podcast provider. Uh, Getting Weekly Game Bet Match. Um, Sean, just before we go... We usually ask to open up for some questions. So if anyone has any questions to ask us, anything you want on handicapping, any advice going forward, two questions that I have. One of them is from me about the uh, the Cincinnati tournament this week. So many mm. injuries, not only on the men's, on the women's as well. Huge amount of injuries. We know going into the US Open, there is more injuries at the US Open than anybody else. But this doesn't look good, does it, for the the tournament with so much tennis being played. Is that a worry for you in terms of your um, your handicapping when you see see so many players getting injured, and especially going into a five setters in terms at this stage of the season in these conditions in these hot, humid conditions? Is is it part of your brain for this major that's coming up?
1: Yeah, it's always part of my thinking. Injuries. I mean, if if take like Draper for example, he he's a guy. If you're betting on Draper, you are thinking the first thing you think about actually is is he going to be fit enough for this? And and this, this is the case for a number of players. It tends to be the same people over and over again that have problems, but obviously there's others as well. You're looking at someone like Holger Garoon, for example, who, who hasn't helped himself at all by sort of not resting after Wimbledon going to play Hotman cup for whatever reason, when he wasn't fit seems to have aggravated that, that back injury. Now you're looking at if you've, but if you've backed Holger Garoon for the U S open, maybe a few months ago, maybe at the start of the year or whatever, you're now thinking, well, yeah, thanks, Olgi. You, you just decided to play through an injury, and now you're injured again before the U.S. Open. Um, people like Berrettini, for example, another one. You you're always thinking, and Sinner, another Italian. These are just off the top of my head, but you, it tends to be the only. It tends to be if you want to use the phrase "repeat offenders," if you like, the the guys that regularly break down are the ones that I would that I would worry about. The others, there's, there's nothing you can do about some of them. A guy just gets injured out of the blue, then. You know, what can you do? But the guys that are regularly over and over again getting injured, that, that would certainly be in the back of my mind, yeah.
0: And the final question, it's from Mike from New Jersey, and he sent this uh, question through from Twitter. And he's asked me, if you have a $300 bet, which he says he has, he wants, he's wants he got a $300 bet. He's going to give wants, me $300, is he? he? He wants to know where you would put it now on the US Open, on the men's side. Where would you put Something it? Something like putting me on the spot is there? Question. Um, question. I haven't seen the market. Can I have a look at the market or not? i Should wonder I... if my my computer, my computer's. So <laughs> I'm my phone. I, I'm I'm doing everything with my phone. Well, we have. Let's go to the Met Rivers website now. Let me get the market for you. So these are the latest lines on the men's singles: Carlos Alcaraz plus one forty, Novak Djokovic plus one sixty, Medvedev six dollars, Yannick Sinner nine dollars, Holger thirty, Sitsabas thirty three, Casper Ruud thirty three, Alexander Zverev thirty three. Uh, Andre Rublev 50, Francis TFO 50, Taylor Fritz 50, Hercash 50, Sebastian Korda 50, Kachanov 50, then big price is the rest. Mm. The first ones you read out there, apart from Alcaraz and
1: Djokovic, the, the next three or four didn't inspire me at all. Obviously Runes injured, Sinner, well, we've just seen yet again. I said on the show last week, by the way, didn't I, that was a was a lean for me in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati beat Sinner in straight sets. If you saw that match, Sinner wasn't really able to do much, was he you know, creaking and sort of groaning and not, you know, not able to do it. That's after one week of a best of three. So he's a fade for me, or, or certainly, certainly somebody that I wouldn't back. Um, Rune's injured, as we've said. Um, the one that interests me probably at, at, at those prices would be, would be Zverev. He, he's one that should have won the U.S. Open before, had his chances to win it in the year that team won it. We um, you know he's beaten Alcaraz before. He was pretty close against Djokovic, uh, decent draw. If he gets a decent draw, I think thirty-three to one. Um, just off the top of my head, with what you just said there, I think Mike's um, three hundred dollars could be a,
0: an each way. Each way, Zverev very at that price. That's what I thought. I thought fifty, a 50 each way on um, on Zlatanov is very. I think apart from the front too. I think it's very hard to find value unless Medvedev gets a a decent draw. And you get yeah, he's nice not looking great, great either, he's is not he? Looking, yeah, I mean he's he's going to be seeded to. He's going to be number three seed, isn't he? So he's going to play Akhmatov or. Djokovic before we get to the final so I'd fancy his chances to get more against Djokovic than, Al- than, than Alcaraz it's
1: a, it's not a good matchup for, no. for Medvedev Alcaraz for me Has but it's very, Djokovic played very well it...
0: last night didn't he against uh, Djokovic as well
1: played yeah played well um, you know we still haven't seen the best of him since that injury he had over well over a year ago now but on his best form we've seen him before he, he's one that can light it up we've seen it at the tour finals he can come in with not not much form and he's gone and won it beat all the best players in the world he's the one for me that's with a fair wind,
0: is is capable of, of doing something, yeah. So there you go, Mike. That's your, dollar, your $100 free bet. $50 don't don't come chasing weight.
1: me in New York if he loses in the first round, by the way, He Mike. hasn't got far to
0: go to find you. Only from oh, New God. Jersey. you will be there. I'll just... In, uh, okay, okay. okay I'll look forward again, to that. And again, Sean, then. where are you staying again? Uh, not sure. No okay well, we'll you know. I guarantee you we will tweet where you're staying if Rivers uh, in the final but uh, there you go that's it that's the Winston Salem tournament it's sorry about my uh, shorty performance literally my whole computer has frozen up what well, is my my mouse has run out of battery so i can't navigate anywhere now we happened about Two minutes in, five minutes into the show, and I haven't got a charger in this room. Yeah, but the, the professional
1: that you are, you, you, nobody noticed. To be honest, the a of I got my, I,
0: I got my phone out, and I and I started to use my phone. But I, I did lap, lapse a bit of concentration when we were talking about the Gallen Abbott game, and I gave easily done Rad- when you're talking Rich. about Radio Albot. I gave you some random information. I try to cover it up with my shoddiness by telling about Wimbledon rather than our call <laughs> for because I was I wasn't concentrating on what you've saying. My apologies there. Uh, anyway, thanks very much for listening and watching. Uh, please download the podcast and obviously please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Great content as I said there. And myself and Sean will be back on Tuesday, looking ahead to the matches here. On the uh, on the draw, and also we'll be back on. Is it we're back on Wednesday as well? Tuesday and Wednesday, I me mean, yeah. Yep. So Tuesday and Wednesday this week, and then next week uh, I'll be flying out to New York on Tuesday. But I think the content will be landing by the weekend, so you'll be having all. The, the tournament future bets should be having the first round bets. And obviously we'll have a look at the women's as well as Rory Jurani will return from his holidays. Nice and refreshed there. Uh, Sean, thank you very much for joining me. A little bit longer than usual, but uh, very interesting tournament this week in Winston-Salem in North Carolina. Um, not a players we can make a case for. I think it's a very open market and hopefully we can, we can cash some tickets and go into the US Open with a few extra dollars in our pocket. Take care.